0: all right welcome back to another episode of fast the mba podcast it's your boy samuel here i got with me my guy chris chris Persianen. this is um uh, uh unofficial strickland and kfs um, crossover episode—I guess you can say or collaboration. <laughs> I love but, it. Yeah, Chris, what's up to the people?
1: What's up, everyone? Thank you, Sam, for having me. KFS X Strickland, we live. Uh, lots of lots of unofficial crossovers in that universe. So I'm I'm glad to be doing another one.
0: Yeah, for sure. So you know, we we'll, we'll get into some Knicks talk eventually because you know we're both Knicks fans. So. But, um, to, to, to kind of wrap up this, um, off season catch up I've been doing since I haven't been recording in the past two months or so, or whatever it's been. But, you know, catching up on the off season little by little over here. Um, today, me and Chris, we're going to go over our top four off seasons that we like the most and top four that we didn't like the most. And I guess we'll get into our, our reasons as we go along the way. So, um, Chris, since you're the guest, go, go first with your first, um, off season that you liked
1: first offseason that i liked all right so i'm gonna start off. i know there are a couple of teams we might agree on mm-hmm. um so i'm gonna start off with a weird one if that <laughs> just just to spice things up yeah go uh, ahead <laughs> the washington wizards man are a weird team that i am finding myself like kind of rooting for going into next year um dinwiddie and bradley beal is like a fascinating duo on and on, off the court i think um and you know they had denny avdia who i wasn't huge on but rui hajimora i i do like they had Corey kispert and cantavious caldwell pope who i think are two additions that are kind of flying under the radar Excellent um, shooting they added right there. When you're when you're a team with someone like Bradley Beal and you're actually trying to be serious for freaking once <laughs> having players like KCP, Kispert, even Denny off the bench like to play the the role of glue guy or floor spacer as opposed to just putting five terrible guys who all want the ball out there. Um, I like this for Washington, man. They got Kyle Kuzma out of it, who as much as I dislike him in a smaller market off of the bench as a scoring option, like they might have something there, you know, new team, new environment. Uh, they really they might have something there and also getting KCP signing Dinwiddie. I, I think they did good this offseason, you know, replacing Westbrook with Dinwiddie and these other pieces. Drafting Kispert where they were, I didn't hate. Um and I just think the Wizards, even though I think it's the first time in Bradley Beal's entire career, actually, that like he's not gonna have a single all-star teammate. Um, it might be the supporting cast that I'm like most confident in for him in the last couple seasons. So, you know, if there is gonna be a playoff push, I think they make the play in and and maybe are able, depending on the matchup. To make it into the playoffs um like if they get indiana i think beal could go god mode and beat the pacers which is like i don't know if i would have said that had they not had this offseason if they still were just rolling out like randos who just want want the ball and to chuck up shots then i don't know but if kuzma's the only random who wants to chuck up shots i think you're good (laughs) um so yeah i liked washington's offseason man i don't know what you think if you want to you want to give a quick thought on it? Maybe I'm just crazy and I like Bradley Beal too much, but I, I think they <laughs> did. No,
0: nah, I, I I sort of started um, to um, talk myself into the Wizards like being like one of those sneaky teams in the in the East, just because I buy their depth. Because like mm-hmm. with 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 removing Westbrook and then you add all these pieces that you got in this trade, you add a lot of depth pieces. One one guy that you didn't mention that I like that they got in that five team deal that kind of is like un. Under is not mentioned at all. Ever is um Aaron Holiday. They got him in that deal, which oh, was yeah. really good for them, and it was a good scoring Aaron. bench, Score, uh-huh. good to scoring guard at guard off the bench. But yeah, Hero as well. He they got him. They got but they, they, got, they tripled I down, down, down on, on offense. On
1: Holiday. Oh yeah, they did for sure. They have what I like about the guard rotation is you know they've got Dinwiddie and Beal, but they have Holiday and they have Raul Neto. So they have like two kind of different looks. You know they have a young point guard come in and, and be the pulse of the team. But they also have a steady hand. Um, and unlike, you know, the Knicks-related rhetoric of people trying to talk themselves, oh, well, Alfred's the steady hand at point guard. Like, <laughs> Raul Neto's actually a steady hand at point guard, you know? So yeah. if, they, say, Dinwiddie goes down and you need a starter, you want to leave Holiday off the bench, like, you can throw Neto in there, let like Beale run things. And then I, I, I like their depth, too. I'm
0: with you on that. And then um i their their center depth, I think is pretty good as well. They added Isaiah Todd in in the draft, and then they also um have Thomas Bryant coming back off of injury, so you know that's going to be key for them next year to add along with um Daniel Gafford, who was um really good for them towards the end of that season as well so washington i could I could talk myself into them being a playing team for sure, yep, all right, all right so let me go with my first team that i that off season that I liked um the defending champions, Milwaukee Bucks. I like their off season a lot. Usually when teams um teams are kinda like cap strapped like this, it's really hard to um it's really hard to improve your team on the margin. So you really have to be really strategic with how you do things like that. And I think they improved um greatly this offseason. Um they kept Bobby Portis. They did lose PJ Tucker though. Um they added George Hill back. Um Rodney Hood is back. Rodney Hood is with them now. Um and then they also traded for Grayson Allen only giving up Sam Merrill. So, I mean, like, adding someone like Grayson Allen to this team and, like, giving up only a guy who didn't play much at all or if any at all last year. So, I mean, I really like that move. And then um, they added Sammy Ojale, who will probably be just, like, another body they throw on defense and stuff like that. So, I really like their offense, and I feel like they've they've equipped themselves well enough to make another run towards the finals again. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, man, I'm with you. I think um, – I know from talking to you, you really love that Grayson Allen move. Yeah. But I think that I think that, that is like the symbol of exactly what they had to do. Um, they don't have a bunch of picks to trade because of the Drew Holiday deal. They don't have a bunch of flexibility. They just – they can make these little margin moves with second-round picks if they really want, and that's what they did. They improved the edge of their roster like noticeably with two second round picks. Um, I I love that for them. And then, you know, with the other moves, just, just kind of doing the same thing like that slight, but affordable, flexible improvement with you.
0: Yeah. And as a, as a, as a team that's cap strapped like them with their, their top three guys locked in and taking up most of the money, you got to find ways to make those improvements on the margins, especially when all these other teams are, are coming for you. So I feel like they did a good job of that. And, you know, They'll be ready for next year, and then you you go, You also got Dante DiVincenzo coming back from injury, who's who was a key part of their rotation all regular season. And you know, I feel like they'll. A lot of people are kind of like sleeping on them to make another run, sort of. But I feel like they they've well equipped. Yeah, and people love that. talking
1: about the big names. It's all Lakers Nets talk right now.
0: So. Yep. Yep. But you know, yeah, let the, let the Bucks yeah. fly under the radar once again. I'm with it. All right, so go ahead with your second team. Second team offseason that I liked. I'm going I'm to get one
1: more uh, debatable one <laughs> out of the way. Uh, I may have picked another agenda based choice. Um, but the LA Lakers, man, oh, I, wow. th- I think at that tier of t- team, we were just talking about Milwaukee. When you are that tier of team, when you have that little flexibility, when you ha- don't have that many assets. I think that you have to be realistic with the Lakers and look at where they are. They're looking at LeBron James, who at this point is as associated with the movie as basketball because of the substandard playoffs, because like, he's Le Mickey, dude. Like, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're looking at aging LaMickey, and they're trying to... Figure out how to capitalize on the end of that window. Now, I, I didn't put the Warriors on my worst list. Spoiler, but they could have almost been if they didn't get Otto Porter. I would have put them on there. Um, but they got they got him and Iggy, so they'll be fine. But just like when you have a star, you want to capitalize on their window, right? Yeah. The Lakers turned like their the scraps that we memed them for having. Now, I refuse to say that the Lakers are a super team coming into next season, but I do think when you have LeBron and AD, Westbrook isn't the end of the world when you're trying to take a little bit of that playmaking responsibility off LeBron's shoulders. Um, And then they got Carmelo Anthony, who's the same way we love having a former MVP as our sixth man because of that experience, that pedigree, like, They have Carmelo freaking Anthony as a role player now. You know, the Blazers weren't smart enough to capitalize on that, but on the Lakers, Malik Monk, Carmelo Anthony, all these guys I love on small deals. um, I think they did pretty good for a top flight team trying to scoot their way a little bit up the ladder and just, you know, cost efficiently improve. Um, I, I think going ahead and grabbing that third big name was worth it because of LeBron being where he is. And I I realize now that like I, I don't know if it's the Knicks finally being good and giving me a little bit of optimism towards other franchises. Like this I might have killed the Lakers for this move, like killed the Lakers for the Westbrook move last offseason. But the Knicks being good maybe makes me realize that you really just need to put together a good group of guys who want to win, who are motivated, and Westbrook really wants that first ring. Man, I, I think this might be the team where he finally does adapt that play style of his. Uh, comes in with a little motivation, you know, to prove people wrong. Um, that that narrative going around now. Hey, well, KD never won an OKC. Harden never won in Houston. Like maybe Westbrook's totally the problem, and Westbrook, you know, he seems like the kind of player that would want to combat that. So I, I like this for the Lakers, not just because I like the narrative for them, but because I actually think that on the basketball court, their moves can end up working in the sense that if they're a true contender this year, I think the moves work. So I think they will be. I'm with it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm like, I'm more bullish on the Lakers' moves and their season coming up. Um, just because like the age for me, age is a huge thing when it comes to, um, like deep playoff runs, age and attrition, because I feel like yeah, those, those knees, they start to feel it a little more when you get towards the second round, the conference finals, there's a lot more ice that's needed towards the, at the end of those games. So for me, it's, it, for me, it's more of like looking ahead for the Lakers because for me, it's like. Those a lot of those vets are they gonna be healthy when it's playoff time and when like when they need it the most because that's when it's gonna matter the most and if they aren't then I mean they're all on vet minimum so it's like it's nothing but like it still it still sucks if you if you can't get there just because of injuries so that's my main thing with the Lakers and also to the point of Westbrook if you know me and you know me on Twitter you know I'm way more bullish on Westbrook than other people. Like I, 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 just don't think that he could ever adjust his play style. I always, I just think that he always wants to be the top flight banana. So, like, like I remember, I think when it when it was time for his exit in Houston, one of the reasons it got it kind of got under it kind of got overshadowed by the the main thing of like Harden and D'Antoni and everybody just leaving. But one of the main issues was Westbrook. He felt his role in the offense was not he wasn't being optimized. So I feel like wherever he goes, like he has to be that top option. And if he's not, then I don't know how, how it works out for him. And maybe LeBron is the guy to get them in check. I don't know. It sounds like a lot of that keeping guys in check thing was Jared Dudley's job the last couple of years from all the reports that we're hearing now. But... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe LeBron takes on that role and, and keeps Westbrook in check, but we'll, we'll Let see. Let me give you
1: a better quote. Let me give you a, an even better example than, than that. Westbrook, I, I believe the line exactly was he wants a bigger role. He wants to be the floor general of a team again. You know, So that's why he wanted to out of Houston and to go to Washington. And he wanted a bigger role in Washington than in Houston. And to the, the words used were to be a floor general so and, that and see with, and that, and with that in
0: la it's hard to do that because they run point lebron most of the time now, that's what so. i'm
1: saying so i think i think lebron james is like one of the few players in the league where russell westbrook on this very determined run of motivation to be a floor general might head into a freaking brick wall and go ah oh, shit all right now nah, you got it like i think bron's one of the few guys you know how we were talking about for the knicks like You need a point guard that you can say that you can start over Derrick Rose, but that you can close with Derrick over, and then they go out and get Kemba freaking Walker. You can absolutely start him over Rose. But, like, if Rose is having the better game, I don't think anyone would kill us for playing Rose over Kemba. Yeah. Um, That kind of, like, that kind of status, you know, I think LeBron is going to have that in L.A. to the extent where it's, like, Russell better. Like, the expectation is Russell Westbrook better toned down. With, the, with his demands for the ball and I think that that's perfect I think that's perfect because if you can lower his usage I think he can be useful I think he can drive to the basket obviously as we see and create looks for LeBron and AD like he's
0: not terrible at basketball you know so and, and for that to work too also you gotta have to have AD play the five more often and I don't know if he's more willing to do that it's almost like this
1: is gonna force
0: all yeah. the things that need to happen to just click into
1: place and that could be another Lakers title. I mean.
0: I don't know. They got David Fisdale on the roster. I don't know if that's guaranteed. So.
1: Oh, brother.
0: <laughs> they're gonna
1: sign they're gonna they're gonna start 0-2 and they're gonna see Lakers sign Emmanuel Moody at
0: 10 day contract. <laughs> He's gonna be like, I got this. <laughs> but speaking of um, former Knicks, my second best offseason was our New York Knicks. Same. So so yeah, I thought what the Knicks did was Excellent starting from draft night. I know a lot of people on draft night, they were like losing their minds, seeing the trades as they unfolded and not knowing what was going to happen next. But then you flip over to summer league and you see the product that we got with Quentin Grimes at 25, um, Deuce McBride at 36, who a lot of people thought we were going to get at 19 or 21. And we picked up assets. We picked up assets along the way with him. And then picking up at 58, Jericho Sims, a guy who you could probably throw in the rotation – on any on any team really right now like a rim running center who can block shots so he He's could young be, and a little raw but
1: he could be any team's norval pell aka break glass in case of emergency backup center
0: yeah uh, exactly
1: now i think in his rookie year like he's not going to be great at it who gives a shit exactly. i think this, the the day after the draft i started calling him prada pell because it's just like he could be that role on any team and be better than Norvell Pell, probably. Um, and I, 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 I'm i still with that. I loved, I loved what we did, man. I don't got to say much yeah, else. And,
0: yeah, did. and I know. And, and you know, pick, keeping, keeping the core together, like keeping continuity with Derrick Rose, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, bringing those guys back, getting Julius on the cheap ex- extension because he wants Alder. to win. Like, I mean... And then like you, and then you just improve on the two weakest spots, which are Reggie Bullock and Alfred Payton, on, in Kemba Walker on a discount because he gets bought out by OKC, which the old Knicks wouldn't have done; they just would have traded for him outright. And then you get Evan Fournier, who wanted to come here, so it was there was never a shadow of a doubt that he was going to come here. And we get him on a pretty de- a reasonable deal as well. It's basically a three for fifty-four contract, with that last year being a team option. And last year being a team option for most of the deals, I think, that we did. So, I mean, you got your your team is still under like you got a good portion of your team on rookie contracts. You got a good another portion of your team on, on flexible contracts that can be flipped for assets or it won't cost you anything in the, in, in the near future as well. And you're still able to improve and contend from within because you still have young guys who need to improve. And even our core guys like Julius and stuff, they can he can still improve with um, better personnel around him because one thing that he didn't get to do much of last year was drive to the basket or roll to the rim. And he'll be able to oh do a gosh. ton more of that with guys like Kemba Fournier and Derrick Rose and and RJ and everybody. So it's just like you just improve from within. And I even mentioned getting Mitchell Robinson back, which it doesn't really count for an offseason move, but kind of does because he was out for most of the year and for the playoffs. And that's a huge addition on the defensive end for us. And that just helps us improve our defense even more. So it's like the icing on the cake right there. So I mean yeah. you couldn't actually for a better offseason from a team that came out of nowhere last year and improved on the margins in a very smart and reasonable way. Yeah, man. What's cool too is
1: um I don't know if you saw, but I've been in I've been in beef with Bull's Twitter all
0: day. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> what's,
1: what's what's cool about it is that
0: No matter what happens this season. By the way, the Bulls are on my worst off seasons list. By the way,
1: they're the they they were the first team. I (laughs) um the so this when the Bulls say the Bulls win one more game than the Knicks, no one's gonna care. Um, What's gonna happen is if anyone actually wants to go there they they can't make it they they won't be able to facilitate it like you know how we're always like oh cap space isn't real picks aren't real this and this any trade can happen. the bulls might actually not be able to make it happen because the way they set things up with the contracts it's like who are they going to trade they're going to trade vucevic and picks for cat like what upgrade are they going to make that they can do they can't they, they they can't do it with picks they can't they're going to have to agree to trades on draft night with the super future picks and It's a whole situation. And and it's just like, why? Like, why did you do this to yourself just for that team? You know, the Knicks might be better. But even if they're not, even if they're not, it doesn't matter because they they have so much flexibility. They have so many picks. They have so much cap space that can be very easily opened up. They have so many team friendly deals. And it's players you actually want to take on team friendly deals. It's not like Alex Caruso making. You know, whatever nine and a half million a year or something, um, that that has a chance to be like a just a very meh contract, and I don't know if a team would want to pay. You know, Caruso. They, could, I, I think a team could talk themselves into being like, good God, we desperately need a big name. Derek Rose has been good for the Knicks. Let's take him in and this sign and trade, whatever. Like, yeah, I think we have better everything than them. Besides, besides um a defensive prospect the way they a wing defensive prospect the way they have pat will we have Mitch for a defensive prospect but we don't got I wish we had someone like Pat Will who was locked down on the perimeter like a little little baby Kawhi of our own. I'll give him that but I think other than that like you want to be the Knicks if not the
0: Bulls. Yeah. So um yeah what's your what's your third best offseason team? Man I put The Miami Heat. Ah, that was mine as well.
1: Because, again, I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm trying not to think about these top flight teams, super, and it's like a, just, I'm not trying to scrutinize them. I'm just trying to think about it as in, if I were a championship team, am I better off with this or with this? Because, you know. You can't think about price too much as the Bucks showed us. Like If Drew is worth getting for that many picks and that much money, just do it. You just do it and you, you create your team. It doesn't mean you make dumb moves just because you can, but it means you take shots more often than fans probably would. And uh, for the Miami Heat to go from Jimmy and Bam and a bunch of shooters with some stoppers and Spolstra, and now it's Kyle Lowry, Jimmy, and Bam with PJ Tucker, who I love as a signing for them. Um, They just got good. They got good. The Heat, like, they're one of those teams where, like, for example, this Knicks team, when this Knicks team makes it, if they make it to the second round this year, rather, I'll say if, instead of when, so I can't get a receipt pulled on me. Um, (laughs) If the Knicks make it to the second round this year, you're going to watch them, and they're just going to fall short. Like, they're just going to... They're just like you know. Say we're going up against Milwaukee or something. Like it's just going to look like they're missing something, and they are. They're missing an entire All Star. <laughs> There's an entire All Star caliber player separating them from these top flight teams. Like maybe the Knicks will have two caliber All Star caliber players this year. These teams have three. These teams have four. These teams, you know. So yeah. for Miami to pick up their third All Star caliber guy, like that. Is them taking that next step to being a potential top flight team? Do I like Milwaukee more? Yes. Do I like Brooklyn more? Yes. If Philadelphia, depending on what they get for Simmons, you know, has a team that fits really well around Embiid, and could you sell could you sell me on them over Miami? Maybe, maybe yeah. But Miami has the type of team that you need to make a deep playoff run and maybe spill over into the finals. And once you spill over into the finals, if you even have it, like if you have a shot at it and you do it, that's all bets are off. Like you're there in the finals. Go win your four games, you know? Uh, and I think Miami is pretty, pretty there, pretty, pretty close to as a team being the type of team that can now really, really make a, a run. I, I think the bubble run was something special for them as an organization. I don't think that would happen ever again without Kyle Lowry, but now they don't have to care because they got Kyle Lowry. So this also um, – I just want to say that this signing – three teams, three of the teams on my four worst offseason list would not be on that list if they had gotten Kyle Lowry. Like this is a signing that would have been – this is a signing that would have been very good for many teams in the NBA and the Miami Heat pulled it off. So – damn (laughs) but good for them and and pj tucker good signing uh just if that was it if the whole offseason was lowry tucker and they didn't do a thing else i'd be like yeah good for them um that's just kind of it for me like i think they got their weight class up into that hey we might be good enough to take on a top top contender and that that's pretty good
0: yeah i like their offseason as well um I didn't like the the massive overpay of Duncan Robinson because I feel like he can still be kind of just like neutralized in a series in a way. But, I mean, you got to keep your core together, so you got to do what it takes. So in the end, I didn't really mind it that much. And, you know, like you said, Kyle Lowry, massive, massive signing for them. I'm surprised Toronto even agreed to that deal, honestly, because it seems like they're going to move on from jojic and precious precious does seem like their type of guy since they're going with like all six nine guys now or whatever it is they're doing but um yeah that was that was weird and then um, pj tucker was a good signing for them as well um and then they added um i believe it was Markeith morris but you know he's kind of washed now so it doesn't really matter that much but still a good um, the one move I didn't like from them was um, wasting a roster spot on Udonis Haslam. Still, like, just make him a coach. Stop wasting a roster spot. Like, you can add talent that way. Oh, and also some of their guys in um, summer league um, performed really well. Uh, Max Struess and um, Omer Yurtseven, I believe his name. Yes, is. Yes, I know Struess. He was he was good for sure. Yeah, um, he got he got
1: rewarded for that with recognition. I gotta say, I heard a lot of people talking about Max Struess, who I had just Never heard talk about Max Struz before. I don't know how else to put it. It was he was he was definitely talked about. There's some really good summer league performances this year. It felt quick sidebar. Like it, summer league felt just really, really like wholesome and fun this year because it was all the rookies from last year finally getting their first summer league, all the rookies from this year getting their first NBA time. It was just a fun experience. I really liked it. I
0: don't know. Yeah. Um and um since we both agreed on my Miami, let me go with my last one. Um, my last one was really hard to pick because it's like you got to pick a t- for me at at this point in judging off seasons it was like okay which team didn't like do the absolute worst or like didn't do as bad as the other teams that I was looking at who did bad in my opinion. Um, for me that have that have to go to I'd go with um the Rockets. I I like their draft. I like their draft. I don't think they did much in free agency. I don't remember anyone really signing with them, but I did like their, their draft, um, picking up um, Jalen Green. um, He seems like he's legit, and they picked up his buddy from AAU, jo- um, Josh Christopher. Um, and I liked um, Sangoon. Sangoon showed some nice flashes in Summer League. So, I won't
1: stand for this Usman Guruba
0: erasure. I didn't get to see much of him in Summer League, and I, I didn't really do much prospect scouting because I'm not <laughs> a draft guy. So I can't really say much on him. I know he's a good defensive player from what I've heard from guys at the Strickland and whatnot, but yeah, so I, I can only see I can only say what guess the based on what I what I saw. So I like their I like their draft. For
1: sure. I love Jalen Green. Man. Uh J Gup, man, like I mean, I think four rookies is weird. I'm not gonna lie. It is. Four, it's a I lot, so. but I mean, their team is gonna be generally young in general. So, I think I think four rookies is kind of saying like
0: they're going to the
1: I love playing the draft, and I think I think I'm smarter than like all of you to the other GMs. Like I'm just gonna finagle this roster, and it'll all work. Um, I know Fertitta's cheap as shit. Like maybe he wanted a bunch of cheap contracts this year or something. But I just actually drafting at all four picks like why would you not consolidate i just don't <laughs> I, I i don't know i i feel like i, I could have lived without one I, if they didn't get christopher and didn't get Sengun, drafted green garuba and then took those two other picks and got themselves like trey murphy you know what i mean like green murphy and garuba hey that's one heck of a rookie class I feel like Christopher and Sanger I don't know how I feel about four rookies but I, I feel you that they, they they've got building blocks to work with. I really like the KPJ, JG backcourt. So
0: one one thing that 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 comes to mind when um when you bring up the four rookies point is um we were doing like a a live green room um on draft night with the, with, the with like, a whole bunch of us from the Strickland. We were doing a live green room, and we were just like, right. we're just spitballing our, like, thoughts and takes as, like, it was going on. And I think it was Schwinn that mentioned that um, it seems like the Rockets are going for, like, a process-like approach, and he didn't like it because, like, you're just, like, kind of just, like, trying to just draft as much talent as you can and seeing what sticks and just, like, it's not really a good evaluation process. Yeah, it's...
1: Uh i don't know it's just there's a there's a difference between going somewhere random with a giant net just trying to like get gold out of the ocean and you know knowing what to do and trying to actually extract gold from water in a process that you know takes equipment and training you know shaky analogy but you get what i'm trying to say like
0: yeah yeah i get what you're saying
1: sticking your net out there and being like ah (laughs) let's see let's see what sticks (laughs) you know uh I can't co-sign that. I can't co-sign four rookies. I can't. So yeah, like I, I like the players, but I think the process, no, pun intended,
0: um, is kind of weird. Yeah. All right. So what what what's your last offseason that you liked the most? I put the Knicks. So I didn't I didn't rank them. I just put you know
1: I just put oh, okay, that yeah. four and four. I didn't do like a I didn't do an order. So the Knicks were my fourth name that i wrote down i mean you know in short because you already talked about them like they took the team they had last year that was wildly successful and like broke through a plethora of various levels of expectations um they took eight of those 10 players and and they're returning them And then in the starting lineup where it was like really obvious that we needed an upgrade, they took the worst player and replaced him with someone with all-star upside for $9 million a year. And they took the second worst player and they replaced him with someone who does what he does, except is better at it, can also dribble and pass the basketball. Uh And isn't a fake. He just he's not a fake good defender. He's just not that that great of a defender. So now he can actually put RJ as the league lead wing. I, I just like it was so smart. And then they had a great draft. And then they left themselves all their future picks and flexibility. Yeah, and they lined up all their deals with each other, and they made them all flexible in the last year of the contract. And they also have just created this perfect perfect setup for hey we're about to trade for a star like yep. if someone told me hey what's your perfect you know dream team to have if you're about to swing for a a, a big star I'd be like, "Eh, I don't know. I'd probably already want one all NBA caliber guy on the roster. I would want a young player I'm really confident in. I would want a group of young players who I'm confident can fit into the rotation soon enough, so that when I do make this trade and I send some of them away, when I have some left, I can have some rotation players and not, you know, like fringe NBA guys. Like you want a group of several good young prospects. You want on the, you know, on the other side of the same coin, you want a lot, of, you know, several good veterans with tradable contracts so that you can move some, you can keep others, you can use others later on to help upgrade the team in ways that you need to, but you'll also have them in the meantime for keeping you afloat with this new star on the roster and, can, you know, kind of dumping out a bunch of your talent. You also want to have like literally all your draft picks plus surplus draft picks. You also want to have a coach and a front office that you trust when you're making this move. It's just like every single thing about the Knicks right now is like, yeah, yeah, that's good. And that's good.
0: It is good. I mean, it's, it's, it's refreshing to, to have this after all the years that we've had where we didn't know what the front office would do, was doing and were they on the same page with the coaching staff and, like the debacle with the triangle, I remember going through um, my early high school years and wondering what in the world are the Knicks doing with this triangle nonsense? Like, what is this? And like, why do all the players hate it? And like, it's, it's finally good to be like, have everybody on the same page from top to bottom. Like, it's just, everything is just streamlined and you just know everything's going to be a-okay. So that's, that, that it's it's good to have that and it's good to see it continue for more than a year. Um, so let's get into our top, top, top four worst off seasons that we didn't like. Um, man, there were a lot to choose from for me because there were a lot of teams I did not know what the hell they were doing. So, um, I don't have them ranked any in any way, like 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 you said for your yours as well. So, um, I'm gonna go with one team that Knicks fans seem to really piss off lately which is the New Orleans Pelicans. They are on my list. (laughs) I feel like we're going to have a very similar list here. But, yeah, I did not like their offseason, first of all. (laughs) David Griffin. Shout out David Griffin, man. This guy is an absolute bozo of 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 a front office executive. Only has a job because he's friends with the guys in the media. But, you know, that's a story for another day he's a lottery merchant Forever. I could ge- I could I could keep going on and on but this dude traded he he basically salary dumped um uh, he, he basically salary dumped a top 10 pick with Eric Bledsoe and Stephen Adams so that way he could have enough cap space to sign either Kyle Lowry or Chris Paul which was it was rumored for both of them and ended up with none of them only to give up a first round pick to get Devontae Graham. <laughs> oh man
1: you, listen, can't, you can't
0: make this listen, stuff up man <laughs> don't don't sleep
1: on uh, uh Devontae graham the player because i actually think he's gonna be a good fit with ingram and zion what i am gonna sleep on is the team in general like for him to do everything he did for it to just be Devonte graham now hear me out It was rumored that the Pelicans were also throwing money at Fournier. If they got. And Dinwiddie, I heard, I think, too. If they got Devontae Graham and Fournier for Ingram and Zion and Valanchunas, would I be talking so much shit? Like, probably not. I'd probably just be saying they couldn't guard a thing in the backcourt. But they didn't get Fournier. It's literally just Devontae Graham. Like, that's not good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it's like. Oh, man, it's like like, the asset management over there has just been awful. Like, giving up two firsts for Adams, giving up a top 10 pick. Granted, they allegedly wanted Trey Murphy, so they wanted to move down anyways. But, like, I feel like there was a better way of... I
1: really like Trey Murphy's fit with Zion because he's tall and can sit in the corner, which is, which is cool. I do think that he was very overrated in the draft process because... People made fun of Phoenix for drafting Cam Johnson too high several years ago. So and they now this was the same feel bad about it, and are like, "No, Trey Murphy's like a lottery player." I don't think so. I don't know. Top twenty, all right, all right. You could sell me on he was a top twenty guy, and that's a good pick. I think he's just getting a little overhyped because of that the archetype he fits. Yes. Still a very good player, but that's a note I had to I had to get that out there. That I think right at the end of the draft cycle um it was a little much with the tm3 love uh but graham you know zion ingram tm3 valanchunas they got rid of bledsoe <laughs> um all all good things in a vacuum i just for this yeah, to
0: once you, once you put it in context that's when it really looks this, bad
1: for this to be your team at this point in zion's career with, with <laughs> also
0: that context too of zion with zion is the big context
1: With rumors that, like, you were going after Kyle Lowry, rumors that Zion wants to leave, and then, like, you get Devontae Graham. Like, Zion's definitely going to be pissed.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. You know, but don't don't blame Griffin. Blame CAA. They're the one that's doing it. You know, they're in cahoots (laughs) with ESPN and the Knicks, so, you know.
1: Listen, ESPN is CAA, is the Knicks.
0: (laughs) They're all the same people. It's one mind, <laughs> but yeah, when you put in, well, yeah, when you put it into the context of Zion, like he, Zion, what if Zion takes the qualifying offer? Like that's a thought that has to be a five-year, five-year, seventy-five million dollar deal from Jordan Brand. He's set. He's set. He doesn't have to sign the max with the, with the Pelicans if he doesn't want to, and he really doesn't want to. Which it seems if the Pelicans, if the Pelicans can't even make the plan this upcoming season. That's a huge issue in Zion should leave, honestly. I really don't care what any Pelicans fan thinks. Honestly. And maybe I'm CAA. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I get it, man. It's it's Jeez. Look at Luca. Yeah, come on. Luca Luca I mean I don't wanna say too too much uh, for list spoiling reasons, but mm-hmm. man. <laughs> Not, not, not the prettiest over there
0: either. Yeah, I mean, these teams they get blessed with such generational talents and don't know what to do with them. It's, it's, it's really frustrating that Adam Silver just does this and like I don't know. He yeah. loves
1: it. He loves sending generational talents to small markets,
0: in small markets that can't manage them well because, like, I, I don't want to say Giannis was generational talent when he came out because he wasn't. No, like he he was absolutely, super, he was super awesome. raw, but like he developed in a way. Tried forcing him out. <laughs> yeah, someone tried forcing him out. So, I was like, yeah, but... Yeah, but, like, even even then, Milwaukee sort of kind of accidentally, like, fell into surrounding him with the right pieces enough for him to win a championship. So, I don't know. That's a weird example to use because, like, a lot of things you had to 50 go right, up right there. But, oh, my God. Yeah, that w- that was insane. But, um... I yeah, still going, think- back to, going back to the Pelicans, I mean, yeah, I didn't like their offseason... In like when you put when you put the moves in context, outside of context they look like good moves. Like you add um, Devontae Graham, shooting a, a nice shooting guard, nice shooting small guard, um, as well as improving the interior presence with Valanciunas, who carried Memphis for some stretches during that season last year, which was very underrated. Um, and TM um, three, yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty solid off season in a vacuum, like you said, but when you put it in context, that's when it really looks bad because of their plans that they had, as well as the context of the generational talent in Zion and what you're going to do with them. So, yeah, that's why they're on my list. But um, I think you evaluated on why they're on your list too, right? So I don't know if you want to get onto your second team. Yeah. I, uh, I had, I said
1: the, that I said that I said Chicago first i think you i think you said chicago yeah all right because i i agree with you on on new orleans um so that i mean yeah man for everything we just talked about new orleans just their season didn't move me um it can't move you when you when you're looking at what they needed to do and what they did like if they got Kyle Lowry, would they be on this list? No, it, they would be fine. Lowry, Ingram, and Zion—we can talk about that. We can talk about that, and reuniting Lowry with Valanciunas, all that, whatever. Like, we can talk about that. The bullshit they pulled off, though, like, no, like, no, it's just not—it's not enough. Can they be a good team next year? Can they make the playoffs in the West? Like, yeah, potentially. I—I I, I don't really care though. Like, they—they—they they, they don't scare me at all. And if a team. With Zion on it, by year three, like, doesn't intimidate you at all. Like, geez, man, like what are you doing? Like, what are you, what are you doing down there, dude? Like, how? It's,
0: it's remarkable what David Griffin can do, man, in all the wrong ways.
1: So, yeah, that's about it for me on the Pelicans. I just – the Ikes.
0: All right, so, um, getting into our second teams, I guess. Um – I don't know. Do do we want to save Chicago or something for last? Because I mean, that's kind of spoiled it. But yeah, uh, we could, we we could we could do Chicago now. All yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm down so to do you, do Chicago. Do you, do, now. do you want to get into why you why you have Chicago down as what one of your worst off Chicago was on my list of four: Pelicans, Bulls.
1: Um, I, I want to say that I. I liked Caruso for them, you know, again, in a vacuum. Like, that's not terrible. And at the time when they did it, it definitely wasn't terrible. Lonzo for that team, like, if all right, if that's the bet you're going to make, if Levine wants that, like, cool. Cool. That's cool. Do it. Pay him. Whatever. Cool. Caruso, cool. You know, whatever. Lonzo Levine you know we got to see what they do in marketing but then they've got Vucevic they have uh, Caruso they have Thaddeus Young they have some different players that I like um, that would have been an interesting team to go into next year with that would have been a cool little team to see what it can do tell Zach to trust the process wait one more year then he's, you know, see what they can get in free agency. Then he signs his extension and keep getting better, keep building. But then they traded Thaddeus Young and a second round pick and a first round pick, Ugh. and they traded that away. And then, they, they, over, tra- and they, then tra- they overpaid him. They traded it for an opportunity. To overpay, and that opportunity was the opportunity to pay Demar Derozan almost thirty million dollars a year for three years. And they looked at their core; they saw Vucevic, Lonzo, Levine. You know, they were like, "Yep, that's it, that's the one." And they did it. They did the trade. They gave away one of their best veterans, one of the second best player on the team last year before they traded for Vucevic. They gave away a first round pick. They gave away a second round pick. Now, a team like Chicago, we were just talking about. When you're not a real, real team, like you want to have flexibility, right? Yeah. Nope. Nope. None of that. <laughs> not in nope. Chicago. No picks. No. No ability. No flexibility. No. That. that. That's out the window. And why? Because you got DeMar DeRozan for thirty million a year for three years. He's gonna be thirty four years old. No. He's going to be 30, 35, 34 years old well, a quick Google search here. He is 32. he's going to be 35 years old and they're going to be paying him the final year of that deal of like 34 million dollars. 33 million, whatever it is and he,
0: and he doesn't move the needle. Like, uh, like a lot, of are, a lot of people are talking themselves like into like, oh, he can be this like dynamic ball handler in the in the half court. They can do. some can weird them, things with him. You can like, get
1: them seven, eight assists a game. I swear, if you put the ball in his hands like all game long, he can get you like sixteen, eighteen points and seven to eight assists. The thing is, but, is that,
0: but when you, you do, do that, you take the, the ball, ball twenty
1: million a year. You just you exactly have, you're trying to convince him to stay. What it takes to optimize DeMar DeRozan's performance is not what's going to optimize your team because you have a center and two guards who need the ball in their hands to prove that they're worth what the money you're paying them, the money that you're about to pay them. Man, again, I I didn't hate this offseason at all before the DeMar signing, and that fucked it. Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was... was not that it was that bad on its own, it's that the other moves they made and then coupled like if this is your final piece and the rest
0: of your team was just that like golly yeah i mean yeah like a lot of these moves that we have on our list or like a lot of these teams that we have we're looking at their moves in like the context of like what their team is as well as like the context of like a whole bunch of other machinations around surrounding that team like Like with the Bulls, a lot of their moves look good in like without context. But when you put it in like certain context, when like they don't have future flexibility, they don't have future picks. This is basically their final team. Is this final team a contender? No. I mean, could you talk yourself into the hypotheticals of Lonzo developing further? Because that's what a lot of people are, are, are really banking on. Lonzo developing further, and The Paw, a.k.a. Pat Williams, becoming mini Kawhi Leonard. If those are the two things that you're banking on, as well Mm -hmm. as just, like, praying, praying to bring your lucky stars that everything goes well with the combination of Zach Levine, Vucevic, and DeMar DeRozan, who are all basically neutrals or negatives on defense, then it's just like, oof, it's rough. It's rough. Very. And that's why they're on my list as well for those reasons. And you know, I also agree with what Chris said. So I wanna get into to I wanna get into, I really wanna get into some honorable mentions because I have a lot of honorable mentions before we get into the top two. So some honorable mentions I have. Memphis Grizzlies, I did not like their offseason. I didn't. They got rid of Grayson Allen, who's a key part of the team. I know they probably have to extend him so they didn't want to do that. But, like, getting Sam Merrill for him, I mean, I, okay, I guess. Then the whole, like, Eric Bledsoe trade or whatever, I don't understand why they did it. Um, getting Steven Adams to replace Valanchunas, who carried a lot of your offense at times last year, it's just another head-scratching move. Taking Zaire Williams top 10, another head-scratching move. You're basically just banking on, like, you're banking on, like, him really developing to his utmost potential. Um, and I, I don't know if that's going to happen because they're they're not a team that really is going to spend that much time on developing because they want to also win at the same time. Um, and then basically they're basically banking on Jaron Jackson Jr. to play the five full time, and I don't know if his body is really ready for that as well. Yeah. So, like, just a lot the best rebounder, I don't think. He's not. So, for him to be your five is like, all right. Yeah, it's a lot of head-scratching moves down there in Memphis. Another honorable mention I had, the Spurs. I don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> One move that I remember from them specifically was um, getting um, – they were involved in that five-team trade. I don't know why. I forgot who they even got in it with the the Wizards and the Lakers and the Pacers. They were in that deal. I forgot who they got in it. Uh, then they lost Patty Mills to the Nets. Was that part yeah, of it? Yeah, they lost Patty Mills. They got that young, but I don't see him staying. And then they also um they signed Doug McDermott, who seems like a type of player that you sign if you're doing like win now stuff. So and then they signed a center from Australia, um, Jock Londale, and they signed Zach Collins, who's made of glass. So <laughs> I didn't like their offseason. They're um, another honorable mention for me, but yeah, go ahead, Chris. They also drafted like this, their, their 12th overall pick. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot about that. Thank you.
1: <laughs> it, it, could, it could pay off, but it's a very big question mark. And I don't know why you do that at 12. Yeah, like Josh Primo would have been there way later on in the draft if you wanted to nah, change like some seconds nah. there. People, Wasserman and people were talking about GMs really loving him. I think – OKC picked at 16 and 18, right? Yeah. I think maybe they would have taken him at 18. Maybe. If we were there. So, I, I, uh, I don't understand why you don't call the Knicks at 19 – and like, see if Primo falls, and just make a pick. You know what I mean? Like the Knicks would have given you 19 and 21 to move up to 12 to get Duarte. They I'll probably you, would. Have, they probably, would, yeah. No, I believe it would have been Duarte there. But I, 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 I trust that. Um, but yeah, that that's tough for for San Antonio to make that big of a questionable bet that early in the draft was just really
0: weird. That was the biggest, like, that was the first big head scratcher. I was like, whoa, what? Sacramento, I was scratching my head at, but, like, that was it's the Sacramento. first player
1: where just the the name was like, what? He went where? Um, I got Davion going that high. It just to Sacramento was really weird. Like, uh, it makes me think they're going to trade De'Aaron Fox for Ben Simmons, which is like, why the hell would you do that? Yeah,
0: yeah and I Is think it that's it for my honorable mention I doubt that beer. Uh, so, so let's get into our top two so do you want to go first with one of your top two or whichever you have two Speaking Portland, man. oh that's another one of my that's one of my two left as well Portland but yeah go ahead and <laughs> into your reasons why they're
1: trying to convince Damian Lillard who in my opinion is a top 12 player in the A to stay on the team. And you know what they did? They went out and they said, Norman Powell, you're back. All right? They said, Cody Zeller, Tony Snell, and Ben McLemore, welcome to the Portland Trailblazers. And then they said, "Ennis Cantor, Zeller is replacing you. They said – you know what they said to – I actually to, like
0: that move though. I like that one. I, I
1: like that. You know what they said to Snell and Macklemore? You guys are replacing Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> and then that was it. That was their whole offseason. Like, okay, here's the thing. True or false? It's, it's, a, it's a decent upgrade to go from Canner to Zell. <laughs> True. True or false, you'll survive if you lose Carmelo Anthony but get Tony Snell and Ben Macklemore. Uh, depends on the night also also true you'll survive you won't you know you're not going to be dusted as a franchise for that you'll survive but if those two things are your only off-season moves and you just got an ultimatum from your star to improve or else he leaves what the hell are you doing (laughs) like what like actually what Like, you're telling me they couldn't have gone out and overpaid in a trade for even, like, Aaron Gordon or someone random that they could be like, hey, Dame, this is a better player that's now on the team. And, uh, you know, now you've got CJ and Aaron Gordon in your starting lineup with with Nurk. Like, you know, that was a random name. But you get what I'm saying? Like, any sort of little acquisition to put, you know, like – like, again, I'm going to stick with this. Like, Dame, CJ, bring Powell back, Aaron Gordon, and Nurkic, and then bring Zeller off the bench uh, and, and still get Macklemore. Go out and get Alec, like, overpay for Alec Burks from the Knicks, but then you're running out of cap. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you need to make yeah. upgrades. You need to make upgrades to get Dame to stay and just, like, to be good. Like, your team's not that good. And then you didn't make it that much better. So forget Dame, like just from pure business, like you're not doing good. And then your superstar is the only thing keeping you afloat wants out now.
0: And you didn't, you didn't improve your team that much. Like what the hell are you doing? Honestly, you, you, I couldn't have said it better myself. I just don't understand what they're doing. They're not, they haven't done anything in my mind that makes me think that Dame wants to stay. If anything, Dame should be like spamming, like, chris Haynes to like put out an article immediately like i want to get out of here like that was such a bad off season for a team that like all right this is you know make or break but yeah i i just don't get it so yeah i had them also in my top my last two um spoiler for my number one spot or my last spot i have two teams actually so i have two teams left all right, go, drop drop one,
1: and then I'll do my last team. Hopefully, then we'll we'll see. We'll actually, I only have one left. You want me to say it? See if it's either of yours. Okay, yeah, go then, ahead. All right, my last team was the Dallas Mavericks.
0: Okay, yeah, that's one of mine as well.
1: <laughs> that's why I, I figured we probably because we've been agreeing a lot today. So you know, you have pods where sometimes you disagree on everything with someone. We've been agreeing a lot today. So I was yeah. Like, let me get this out there. Let me see if he has this too because now we can both kind of harp on this and then you got one left. I'll let you rock on your own for that last one. But for this one, let me get started by saying that uh, you had a player who in his rookie deal was good enough to be the number one player on a championship team if you had gotten him adequate help. You made a bet on a 7-3 shooting guard who got beat up in his hometown. Uh, can't really rebound – and is a stretch 5 who couldn't really shoot until like last season he kind of got his shot back a little um like good god yo like this is not good this is not good and then what's cool is now that rookie that rookie deal you know how in the NFL like, you you got to try to win with your quarterback on a rookie deal cuz once you got to pay him big time or once you got to pay him you got to pay him big time mm-hmm. like 202 then- oh, two million for Luca are 207 million is it for Luca yeah, 207 are you million me? that's a lot of money and guess what now you have pistops taking up a max slot you have Luca taking up that behemoth of that percentage of the the salary cap it's just like what the hell is is good with you yo and then now it's going to be incredibly hard to make upgrades for as much as I hate Kristaps Porzingis, I'm gonna have to dip into an opposite of my 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 Kristaps agenda here to be to make a, a reasonable take about the Mavericks. If you tell me that they with Luca and Kristaps got Bradley Beal to be the ball handler while Luca's out, and you have Luca and Beal starting, and then you have Luca leading and closing, and Beal is an elite scoring weapon. But you also have Beal to play point guard while Luca's out. You have Luca to play, you know, and then you got Kristaps, and I could buy that. I would buy that. I would buy that as a contender. But that's like not really possible anymore. Nope. Unless you want to have actual like Shanghai Sharks filling out your roster, because they can't afford anything else. Like it's like they're fucked, dude. Like what? Is, what are they doing? Now, can the Mavericks win a championship in the next four years or five years of Lucas Deal? They absolutely can. But it's gonna be really, really difficult. And it's 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 just they could have done so much more. They could have done literally anything to make that path easier. And they they didn't. So that's that's where they are. Um they didn't get Kyle Lowry. Did they nope. get a free agent who can make a play with a ball in their hands? Nope. Sterling
0: Brown just magically develops into that, or Reggie Bullock decides to show us something he didn't show right. us. Right. They got Reggie oh, Bullock. Last he year. can't
1: make a play with the ball in his hands. They need another playmaker for Luca. They were betting on Kristaps's development, but that guy stinks. So I, I don't know what the hell they're going to do, to be honest. I hope they surprise me because Luca's cool. I hope they surprise me and send Porzingis somewhere to the – the the depths of hell like if they can if if oh if portland really blows it up could they get cj for christops
0: maybe maybe i don't know cj with
1: luca that might be if you get a one who can clamp and them at the at the point of attack you might be talking about something you might be cooking but like dude, it's going to be so hard to really, really make a a team you're confident in winning a championship and I just, that's not where you want to be if you have Luka Doncic that's not where you want to be if you have Zion Williamson these GMs both freaking
0: stink so So, yeah, for me, the Dallas Mavs they already were were already on my worst offseason list, just from the coach they hired Jason Kidd, can't stand him as a coach, he stinks and after all the stories I heard about him with, on the Milwaukee Bucks, as their head coach and from that Giannis, from those Giannis book ex- excerpts, like, he just doesn't do it for me as a coach. And maybe he's changed or whatever, but he's still a loser and an abuser, so he, stuck. he sucks. Um, yeah, and, you know, they didn't do anything, like you said, to get them another ball handler that could do something with their – with the ball in their hands, such as um, – I don't know, anybody. They could have got, Ish Smith or something to play in the backup unit or whatever. Um, But, no, they didn't get anybody. They got Reggie Bullock, who we all saw in the Knicks last year, couldn't do anything with the ball in his hands. And they got um, Sterling Brown. And they acquired um, Moses Brown in the Josh Richardson trade. And they also acquired um, a a trade exception. They opened up a trade exception there. Um, They've been rumored for ages with uh, two great white hopes in – Goran Dragic and Lauri Um We'll see where those talks go, but you know, still nothing on both those ends.
1: I I can't <laughs> quite, 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 put my finger on why the Mavericks are interested in in such players.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, they 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 made my list of worst off seasons, and um, to finish off the list. Um, Philly ended up on my list, mm-hmm. and the reasons why they ended up on my list is, um, first they didn't trade Ben Simmons. That was priority number one. I feel like they should have gotten rid of Ben Simmons. It just I it don't know, seems man. it seems like the bridges have burned there. All the reports of him not really contacting anyone from the team, just. All this different type of stuff it just sounds like it's the end is near over there and they should have taken advantage of the heat of the moment Daryl mori sounds like he's way too greedy but when the iron was hot when everything was like really coming to a uh uh i don't even know what to say a peak or whatever of like the talks like the the heat of the rumors that's when he should have struck and made a deal Seems like nothing will get done now unless it's, like, Minnesota who really wants him and Daryl Morey finally gives in. But, yeah, I didn't like that. I also didn't like Andre Drummond, like, (laughs) being the backup for Joel Embiid. I just feel like there's a huge drop-off there. Like, there was a huge drop-off there last year anyways with Dwight, but, like, Dwight still held his own somewhat. But Drummond, I have way less faith in him being able to hold his own because, like, he just sucks. So... Maybe his his ego is in check from Laker Nation spurning him all of last year or the the end (laughs) of last year, and maybe he'll get his act together, but I don't know. And, you know, with Joel Embiid, awesome, amazing player, but his body will always fail him when the time is. Oh, I respect Embiid. I respect Embiid. I'm just saying what it is. I mean, every year we come to some sort of end where his body fails him and it, it Maybe it's not on him. Maybe it's just his body. But also just, ah, man, man,
1: I feel like they really should have been able to win the ring the year they had Jimmy, Tobias, Ben, and Joel, right? But I feel like that was also the only, like, super serious, serious team. I mean, Ben has just been so bad. And Joel, you know, like, all right, for example – if Walt Perrin three years in a row pushes for really bad prospects and we draft them, like, Leon Rose is going to get shit for that, right? Because he's the captain of the ship. Like, Embiid is easily the captain of the ship and the Sixers, like, roster. I think Simmons, like, being so terrible. Like, RJ gets penalized for Alfred being dog shit, right? So, <laughs> um, like, I, I think it's the same with Embiid. Like, I think Simmons really needs to get serious. I think the public execution's worth of embarrassment he got this offseason might finally be what does it for him like i i I don't even I, i hate sounding like what i'm about to sound like but like when you're like a grown man and you get that much public shitting on i i just like there's gotta be something in you as an adult that just is like man i gotta be better at what i do um And I think if he wants out, if he wants a trade, whatever, like, okay, but you better be good enough at that next stop to prove that you were good enough to even demand that trade. Because if you just gave them, I'll say that, like I'm okay with him really wanting out. If he feels that he just doesn't, he'll never do well in Philadelphia. It's never going to work. He feels that strongly about it. If he feels he can be really good with the change of scenery, I, I'm with him on that. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I really like Ben Simmons. Um, but if he's bad at that next stop, if he continues to not expand his game, I'm just going to be like, man, you are lame. So I feel like Ben Simmons, I'm, I'm not writing him off like a bunch of other people have. I just, his status is in limbo. And I think when you have a player as good as Joel Embiid, we've talked about wanting to, you know, uh, optimize those windows right and I feel like they're not doing that no matter how you want to spin it so it's it's tough to evaluate Embiid but you can also fairly say that he hasn't won so you know yeah yeah Giannis Giannis was not good enough to be the best player on the championship team until or on a championship team and then he was right so I think Embiid's the type of player that can have that same type of playoff run if he has the right roster I just think Ben didn't cut it this year, so I, I, I'm, I'm I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt.
0: And then, yeah, I mean, yeah, but yeah, I agree with you know, and all those friends. I just like their off season was really confusing to me because, like, I don't know. I guess they saw that they didn't really need to improve much because they probably felt like, okay, we had the Embiid injury, that was one thing, and then we had Simmons just like completely like shrinking. So like they feel like I guess, I guess they feel like if they run it back and Ben Simmons gets a confidence booster or something, I don't <laughs> know, but like they really didn't do anything to improve. They lost George Hill, who was their like second unit maestro. I guess they're gonna put the keys into Maxi and Milton's hands more, I guess next season. Uh, and that should be interesting. Uh, they brought back Corkmas and Green. And um, they added Georgie's Niang. So, yeah. He was good for Utah. Yeah, he was. So, you know.
1: Can we talk about another, like, nothing offseason in Utah? Um, You know, Eric Pascal is a good pickup for them because he's a friend of Donovan Mitchell's. That's like a Frank pickup equivalent for them. Uh, And that was a position of need. Uh, so you know, good on them for that pickup. Westchester native Eric Pascal, Fordham reppin'. Um But <laughs> like it was like, oh, we might trade Joe Ingles, maybe or Boyan, maybe. <laughs> and then that was kind of it, and nothing happened and I, Yeah, I, like
0: every every year they're like rumored they to do con- something,
1: back. but I like they got con- I like that they got Conley back. Like good on them for that. It's just that was kind of it, man. It felt like a bunch of teams. They that
0: Rudy Gay? I like that move.
1: And, I, and listen, it felt like a bunch of teams this offseason that are one impact move away from me really, really giving a shit about them going into this season. And I'm not trying to say that that's some huge bar to clear or whatever that everyone should try to get me to give a shit. I'm saying like for a, there are a bunch of teams that were right on the bubble of being a true, true, true contender going into the season. And I think a bunch of those teams didn't do anything to capitalize on that status. And that's going to lead to a big buyer's market at the deadline prices being inflated and teams getting fucked into giving up more for guys than they have to, because, you know, like, as we saw, just saw, you know, forget the sport. Like we just saw at the MLB trade deadline, there were teams that were clear sellers. And as those players that they were clearly selling off were drying up, like the prices started going up because the demand was still there, but the supply was dwindling. And I think we're going to get to a point at the, the deadline where we see a lot of deals getting done because of the lack of impact moves made by fringe contenders this offseason.
0: Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I, I think that's it for, for offseason, honestly. I mean, there are a lot of other offseasons that were like kind of like meh, too. Like Minnesota, they were meh as well. But, you know, it's Minnesota, so you don't... I like Minnesota much. for next year. I, a lot of people are surprisingly high on them i don't know why i guess i'm in on
1: i cat turning this ship around man and, and finch i guess people with, yeah Aunt i guess a lot of people, people are
0: just believers in finch year two
1: and edwards and cat with finch full season russell is not that good to me and he is not why i like them but i will say like i don't think he'll stink them up this year like i, I think they can be a, a a play in team that fights for a playoff spot at the end of the year, or something like that.
0: I don't know. but it's Minnesota. They they just got that <laughs> stigma in my they just got my that, that stigma in my mind where I just like I can't associate anything good happening with them. Like even that year they had Jimmy, something bad happened to them where Jimmy got hurt and they ended up looking like a lottery team, and then they got cat ex- got brutalized in the playoffs by Capella. Like I just have bad memory. I just have bad thoughts of Minnesota. That, that's just me though. Mhm. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's 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 that's. I think that's that's all we got for today, right?
1: Hey, man! Shout out Leon Rose and Fats. company. Um, Sorry. they killed it. I yep. don't know how I but I did that. I, I I sat down after we got Fournier and and the draft and all that. And I was like, I want to write about the offseason. I found myself just like praising every move they made, like literally everything they did. I was like, "This was good, and this was good, and this was good, and this was good." I'm so happy about that, man. Uh, I'm very excited for next year. I need a white Kemba jersey. I need uh, whenever we see what the statement and the city are, I'm gonna pick one. I need a Deuce jersey. Um, I think I think statement and city are gonna be the same this year for us. I think. I hope not. I loved this. I loved both last year. I loved both last year. I think two years in a row of both. Keep one. Keep the statement. Yeah, statement's not, been
0: been the most popular I think. Give
1: us a new city jersey this year. There's so many different aspects. I think. I think theory.
0: the reason why is because you know the 75th anniversary. They're just like you know. They're man, just going into- there are
1: so many different aspects of New York that could be represented. They did the fire department, that was cool. They did the skyline, that was cool. Now they did, they they gave a nod to New York's like fashion world presence with a designer streetwear brand, uh, and I like that they didn't do Gucci or some bullshit. They picked a brand that people actually wear, that people actually like. They got Dipset involved, you know. Like there, there's more they can do, man. There's more they can do. Uh, you're telling me right now, oh my god, if the Nets got this, okay. Uh, really quickly, I'm gonna say this like three years before the Nets did any of this stuff, I literally said they should make a hip hop museum and lean into Brooklyn hip hop. They should have a like notorious BIG night every year where they like, oh wow. I said they should make a kooji sweater Nets t shirt and put it on every chair. They ended up making jersey, but like I came up with the whole marketing plan like three years before they did it as an assignment for a class I was taking at the New York Times summer school that had to do with sports. Oh, wow. Uh, so I'm going to say that I'm going to be super pissed if the Nets steal this from my brain too. But I want the Knicks so badly. This is my last take of this pod. <laughs> I want the Knicks so so badly to have a Statue of Liberty slash New York Liberty color jersey, and mm. the Nets get it because stupid Dolan sold the Liberty to Joe. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, that's 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 out of that's out of reach.
1: If the Nets do it first, I'm gonna be livid. If the Nets get a teal jersey, I'm gonna be so. You tell me that R.J. Barrett. And Mitchell Robinson out there on the court in teal jerseys with New York black lettering with gold outline. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) I need that, bro. They're going to do some subway bullshit. No one's going to like it.
0: Yeah, I don't know what they would go with next. I mean, like you said, there are a lot of aspects of the city to – grab from so it's like it's really hard to really think about what concepts they go with but i think next year is the year for new jerseys because you know i think the the league just wants to stick with this 75th anniversary stuff so i think it'll be boring this year i need i need that kemba jersey for the 75th anniversary yeah that one looks cold that's all i'm gonna say all right so chris let the people know where they can find you as we wrap up here sam will link my twitter because i'm not gonna be out to spell my name uh, <laughs> that,
1: <laughs> thanks to Sam for having me on though I'm on Twitter at uh, Chris Island. Uh It'll, it'll be out of KFS alright
0: I will leave the links for those in the description and of course you know I always plug the Shreklin over here because you know they put out great content great Knicks content as well as KFS and, you know everyone in this the next year we have growing as the biggest fan base in the world and the most productive fan base as well so shout out chris for pulling up we'll definitely probably do a couple more of these as the season wanes on probably focusing more on the nicks but you know we out of here